Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, it is an all-draft combine reaction show. I will let you know what I saw at the draft combine here in Buffalo, what I think the Habs are going to do at fifth overall, and are the Habs taking a goalie in this upcoming draft? All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 864 of Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you find your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching My Shining Face here on YouTube, you will notice that I am flying solo today. Uh, My co-host bravely took the Friday mailbag, and seeing as I was at the NHL Draft Combine here in Buffalo, I thought I would take the Monday episode to give you all an inside look kind of at what I saw and what I think the general vibe around the NHL Draft Combine was. And the biggest thing is here, as I looked at the Combine and came in, it's the Connor Bedard show. It is the Adam Fantilli and Leo Carlson show here. Those are the three names that were on the tip of everybody's tongue in terms of those top three picks. Watching the Columbus media interview, Fantilli and interview Carlson, neither of whom were actually part of regular testing. Uh, Carlson himself said, long season, little banged up, little tired, just want to start focusing on recovery a little bit before uh, he was asked, now I guess infamously based on my mentions, what do you know about Columbus? And he looked right at that report and said, well, I know where it is on a map, which a credit to him because I could not find Columbus on a map, at least not right away. And I live in this country, but it was, it was the Bedard show and listening to overhearing to some on the outsides of some of the scrums that I didn't jump into, just kind of listening from the back, listening to them talk to WHL players, uh, Tanner Mullendyke, uh, Grayson Sachin and some of these other players. What can you say about Connor Bedard and what can you do about a player like Connor Bedard? And the, and everyone is complimentary there. It's he's a specimen basically is the response you got from a lot of players and that he does things that you don't even think he can do. And then he does them. Even if you've done everything right, you are sometimes just hoping and praying that things have gone uh, gone right for you, basically. And with a player of the talent of Connor Bedard, it's hard to contain that. Andrew Cristal spoke closer to the end of the combine uh, because he and Bedard play roller hockey together. And he was talking about that. They've played hockey together since they were six or seven years old. And there's just an unseen parallel bond between these players. They're... He's he's a freak, basically, is is the number one thing that you got told about Connor Bedard is that he's a freak. And Chicago is admittedly extremely lucky to be getting a player like him. Watching him test, he was extremely good in physical testing, measured in just under 5'10". Size is an irrelevant factor. We know this. 
he's a gamer because he went he didn't have to do all this testing he wouldn't be the first person who's like well i don't want to what do i have to prove still he went through all of that Connor bedard is doing everything like he has something still to prove to so many people at the nhl level which is just a terrifying thought uh to have in the back of your mind there and he's not the only one uh between him and Cristal. the the usntdp group that was here Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabriel Perot, uh, Trey Augustine, who we talk about later on in the show as well. There is a bond in this group of players that uh, they ta- asked Will Smith and they asked uh, Gabriel Perot and they asked Ryan Leonard, hey, was there some kind of you know recruitment strategy going on here trying to uh, bring one another to Boston College? And it seems kind of like that's how things went. Uh, Gabriel Perot, they apparently Will Smith and Ryan Leonard were like, they were trying, trying, trying to get Gabriel Perot to come with them. You talk to any of them and they go, well, this guy does this and this guy does this. And, you know, Gabe Perot makes plays like this and Ryan Leonard just, you know, opens up space and Will Smith and Smitty, he's so creative in this. It's such a tight knit group that one, I wouldn't be upset if the Canadians drafted any of the three of them. I don't think Perot will fall far enough for the Canadians to draft him in the back half of the round. And based on what we learned about the San Jose Sharks, I don't think Smith's going to be there at fifth. It seems like the Sharks are leaning towards Will Smith here. And we will talk about the Canadians, what I think they're going to do at fifth overall coming up. But there's just a bond between a lot of these players here. You had... Uh, I think it was Nate Danielson was watching Bedard test and he was, you know, acting as like his coach, his cheerleader kind of going through that. There's a bond between a lot of these players. They're competitive. It, you can see it in all of them. There's that the, every player is speaking that there's always something more to do. There's always something more to do. I can always be better. My teammates make me better. It's not all me. I am where I'm at because of X, Y, and Z or Z for you listening in Canada. It's it's a really good draft to have a top five pick in. And, and yeah, Connor Bedard aside, like even if Connor Bedard wasn't here, there's enough players in the top five of this draft that probably would have been in contention or gone first overall last year, potentially the year before that. It's a It's a freakishly stacked group at the top of this. And the thing is, it's chaotic. Because normally when... Uh, you look at the NHL draft here, and when I've gone to the combine, uh, when Buffalo had the first overall pick in the Rasmus Dahlin year, they didn't interview really anyone else outside of like the top three guys. Like they had other picks, and they just you know they talked to those first overall guys. You look at Columbus and San Jose and other teams. Uh, Detroit was interviewing a ton of people. They have a ton of picks in this. Everybody is in contention to go anywhere, basically. Like. Bedard and Fantilli will go one, two. Everything else is on the board. And that breeds a little bit of chaos there, which you know what is probably a good thing. Well, it is if you like watching it from the outside. And the Montreal Canadiens are right in the midst of that. Are they going to go Reinbacher? Are they going to take Will Smith? Will they take Mishkov? Are they going to go and maybe take someone that's off board here and figure out what they're going to do? There are so many opportunities in this draft for them, and it's such a good class. There's so much talent that even if they miss on a Will Smith, they're going to find somebody 
who's going to fill that role for them just as well. We're going to get into what I think they're going to do at fifth overall based on the draft combine and interviews coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. I got to tell you, I started taking Athletic Greens because I needed that energy in the morning during the winter and with those early days at work, and it helps my gut health, optimizes my immune system. It has everything I need, and I don't need a million pills for it because with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens every day. It's lifestyle-friendly, so if you are gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, anything – Athletic Greens can work for you, and it costs less than $3 a day. Less than that coffee habit or energy drink habit if you're myself. And I got to tell you, with over 7,000 five-star reviews, I can trust this product. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. Don't need a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. As always, Daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. Laura will be back later on this week. We are lining up our prospect experts for the coming week here. We got to settle on a date, but we should have David St. Louis on the show this week. We are going to try and bring on a specialist from the OHL to tell us a little bit more. Maybe we'll talk Owen Beck. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about who else from the OHL is out there in the NHL draft upcoming, but the big thing on the forefront of everybody's mind, what are the Montreal Canadians going to do with the fifth overall pick in the draft? Common thought says, you know, Will Smith, Will Smith should be their fifth overall and they'll pick Will Smith and everyone will be happy. Yeah. I, I like Will Smith. I would be happy with that. Then there's the rumors that David Reinbacher will go third overall, which means Leo Carlson will fall down, which means maybe to have Mish, uh, Mishkov will fall down, which means, which means, which means, which means. Then there's San Jose is leaning towards Will Smith. Okay. It is becoming increasingly clear. We will not know until the picks come in. And I mean, we know what one and two will be. I'm pretty sure we know what three will be. If Columbus doesn't take Leo Carlson, I have a lot of questions for Yarmo Kekalainen, to be honest, but I will leave that to uh, Jay over at the Lockdown Blue Jackets podcast because he would know better than I would at this point. The biggest thing out of all of this is that it feels chaotic. And for the Canadians, I've kind of honed in on if I'm excluding Mishkov for whatever reason, I still think that he should be the pick they make. For a number of reasons here, I absolutely think he is the one that they should be picking. But there's two that have stuck out this week. If Will Smith is gone, we've seen Ryan Leonard's name a lot. And we've seen David Reinbacher's name a lot. And with David Reinbacher, I don't think he will last long past the Canadians pick either. Rightly or wrongly, Reinbacher himself says, hey, I, you know, I don't even expect to be the first defenseman picked. Axel Send and Belica. No, the Russian guy, Dmitry Simashev, who actually the Canadians wanted to go for Simashev at fifth overall, would be a reach in a lot of ways because the point totals aren't there. 
but every scout uh, from McKean's to elite prospects to everybody else absolutely loves this kid can skate like the wind sets up plays, but his teammates and the team he was playing on in the KHL were not there. I would almost the Canadians rather trade down and draft Simashev if they're, if they're intent on a defenseman, if you're not intent on a defenseman and you have no problem drafting someone out of Russia, you'd be drafting Mishkov. But the big name that stuck to me was Ryan Leonard. And Ryan Leonard was someone that I didn't think would interest the Canadians because I thought they were going to pick Will Smith. But I look at, you know, Ryan Leonard's profile here. He is, he's so, 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 so talented. If I could find his thing here real quick. He's the new age power forward, basically. You know, he's from Amherst, Massachusetts. So one, I'm sure Ken Hughes is extremely familiar with what Ryan Leonard can do at this point. I I think this is where I'm kind of leaning because I look at his ranking. Central scouting, fourth among North American skaters, ninth at Elise Prospects, 10th, Bob McKenzie, 7th at Sportsnet. Some places have him dropped down to 25th. I... I really do think that he is a potential ideal candidate. We talk about uh, floors and ceilings. I think the floor is pretty high for a guy like Ryan Leonard. He put up 94 points with the national development team program and 20 points in 17 USHL games with the junior team there. 17 points in seven games at the under 18 tournament. He is, he's not overly risky. He's not flashy. He doesn't have the sizzle of a Mishkov or a Smith. He doesn't maybe have that same flash there, but he gets to the net. He puts himself in the right areas and he has the, the defensive side of it too, that I think helps boost his profile a little bit. And if I'm Ken Hughes, I'm looking at this and going, maybe this is the right option because I look at this compared to David Reinbacher, who is a good player. And we've said it on this show a lot. I do not dislike David Reinbacher as a player. I was talking to Russ from Lockdown Flyers and Elite Prospects about it. We both came to the same conclusion that Reinbacher is a good player. Could probably be a solid second pairing defenseman at the NHL level if he continues to develop. The issue is, is that at fifth overall, is that what you want? Or do you want to take that next generation power forward? And I don't mean like Michael McCarron power forward. I think that there's a lot more nuance to the game of, of Ryan Leonard than there is. There's a very good skater. He knows how to make space. He knows how to get to the net. And he isn't, he loves the physical side of it, but he doesn't make that his entire personality on the ice. He even said himself that, you know, once he got into contact leagues, he found how much he enjoyed that. He's not overly big either. He's not even six feet tall, but he plays with that edge that I think you really, really want. And he's going to be with that group next year with Perot and with Smith at Boston College. He's going to be in a really good spot going into next season. And I'm starting to think that this is the route Kent Hughes is going to go. And I think right down to it is they're going to pick a guy with a higher floor and maybe not as high of a ceiling at this point. And I know everyone's going to see that and go, oh my God, that's terrible. A high, I, it, it's tough because I, I agree with the thought that swing for the fences here. And they kind of did last year. Maybe Slavkovsky's ceiling is not as high as someone like a Logan Cooley or maybe even Chainwright. We don't know. 
but the floor is a safe, stable bet. Then I think Slavkovsky will become a good middle six NHL winger. Ryan Leonard has that same kind of profile that I think he could absolutely become a regular NHL player. That scoring ceiling might not be as high depending on how his game develops. Same with Reinbacher. Reinbacher already has a pretty solid defensive game there. He plays a mature game. He needs to add offensive upside. How much offensive upside will there be? I don't really know. And we've talked about, he he says he loves to model his game after Moritz Sider, which makes sense. He's the one that everyone has been comparing him to. If that offensive upside is there, yeah, great. But I'm not 100% sold on that. My big thing is if they're going to go with high floor, lower ceiling at fifth overall, later on in the draft, 31st overall, you got to be swinging. And I mean swinging for the fences there. You got to make an impact here with your next pick. Philip Mashar was a great bet. They Then they went to Owen Beck, who, was, who you could consider safe but was a great pick at 32nd overall. And then at 62nd, they swung for the fences and ended up with Lane Hudson. We know the Canadians will take risks, which is why I think it would be disappointing to know that they're looking for floor over ceiling in terms of a draft pick here. Like you're talking third round. You got a guy who's got a higher floor, maybe won't be a superstar at the NHL level, but might be a bottom six forward. Okay, fine. Top five overall. Mishkov has superstar potential. Will Smith has superstar potential. I would prefer to see them take the gamble on that than not. But at the same time, I don't know how the dice are going to fall in front of them first either. Columbus is having a very weird offseason. They're improving, but in a way that I didn't expect. And a lot of it comes down to what they do at the draft. Will they go after Mishkov? Will they go after Carlson? Will they go after Reinbacher like the rumors say? Are they going to take Ryan Leonard? Who knows? There's so many opportunities for teams to do something absolutely nuts here. And I'm very curious to see how that all turns out. What I do know, though, is I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to be drafting a goalie in the upcoming NHL draft. I talked to three of them at the draft combine. We're going to break down what they had to say and why it's the best time in the world for the Canadians to be drafting a goalie. And that's coming up in our next segment. But first... For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors, and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part fits just right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when all the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit available to u.s customers only eligible items only some exclusions may apply We are back here at Locked On Canadians. I am your solo host today. I am Scott Matla. Don't worry. Laura will be back before the week is over. You do not have to worry about that. I want to thank her for taking the Friday mailbag episode so I could have a Friday night off to prepare for the draft combine and just kind of relax around the house. We got to wrap the show here in a couple of minutes. But first, we've talked a lot about goalies on this show because we've talked about the Carter Hart interest. We've talked about... Uh, what are they going to do with Samuel Montembeau? What are they going to do with Jake Allen? And if you see it in the background, I am currently pulling up 
the Twitter to make sure that nobody has decided to make trades while I'm recording this episode right now. The Canadians are drafting a goalie in this draft. I don't know when, but they are. And I say that only not based on the Canadians coming out and saying they're going to do that. I talked to three of the top goalies in this upcoming NHL draft class, Michael Hrabel, Adam Gajan, and Trey Augustine. One, three very unique paths to all end up in the NCAA and in the NHL draft class here. I wrote an article about it at Habs Eyes on the Prize. Absolutely fascinating group of goalies. Michael Hrabel's nearly six foot seven. He's athletic. He's got so much raw talent to him. And he is heading to, I believe, I want to say he was going to, I can't, uh, he's going to the University of Massachusetts. That's right. So he's heading to Hockey East, somewhere Kent Hughes loves a lot. Adam Gajan, who is a re-entry in this draft, wasn't picked last year, was in his country taking GoPro footage, sending it to teams in North America and any junior league trying to get their attention. He ended up in the NAHL with the Chippewa Steel, played a couple of games for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL, ended up with a deal to play at the University of Minnesota Duluth, which is a great school. They've you know recently won NCAA titles. They're usually a very competitive team in a very competitive division. Kids a self-starter. He's his own hype man at six foot three. Absolutely love. And he's the one at World Juniors for Slovakia. Slovakia's team was not where it needed to be because Slavkovsky obviously wasn't there. Some of the guys were missing on that team. That could have been a real star-studded roster. They lost Samuel Hanzik for part of the tournament too. And Adam Gajan was goalie of the tournament. He, he made his own path there and stood out. Michael Hrabel was really good at the under-18s. Went one and four, but the Czechia team was just not where it needed to be. And then Trey Augustine has been potentially the top goalie in this draft, depending on who you ask. He's the smallest out of all of them. He's six foot one. And that doesn't bother him at all because he loves to model his game after UC Soros, who, you know, he was five foot 11, one of the best goalies in the NHL, lots of Vesnas there. And even his teammates, we talked about how Leonard Perot and Smith can't stop talking about each other. They talk about having a goaltender like Trey Augustine in practice every day makes you better. Uh, talking to Gabe Perot uh, in his interview, he's like, you get the puck to one side of the net and you think you've scored and that you look over and, and Trey's there. He's got it covered. He's, you know, there's no angles there whatsoever. It forces you to be better in practice, to pick better shots and do better things. I, I originally wasn't on board with the Canadians going goalie. After sitting down, doing a little bit more research, talking to these players and learning all three of them talked to the Canadians at various points this week and for various amounts of time, they're picking a goalie. And one, I think they need to. Caden Primo's kind of caught in limbo. Jakob Dobish is an unknown at the professional level right now. Joe Verbatic needs another AHL contract. He's an unknown at the professional level right now. You have Montembeau and you have Jake Allen. Montembeau is a UFA next summer. Jake Allen, I believe, is a UFA next summer. Uh, you let Frederick D. Show's rights expire. Emmett Croteau is still years away. If you're the Montreal Canadiens right now, it's the perfect time to take a goalie. 
you can get you can sign Montembeau to a, you know a three year extension after July first this year, and that fits that timeline of okay, Dobish could be ready by then, Croteau could be ready by then, whatever goalie you pick this year could be ready by then, and maybe even Joe Verbatic is ready by then. Who really knows at this point? It's the perfect time to do this. And this draft class seems loaded with them. Because also in here, Scott Ratzlaff from the Seattle Thunderbirds. Thomas Milich, Milich is in this. Uh, Carson Bjarnason from Brandon is in this draft class as well. Jacob Fowler is one who I didn't get a chance to talk to. I don't think he was actually at the Combine. But goalie people have talked a lot about Jacob Fowler here. There are opportunities. And I'm not saying the Canadians need to take just one. They don't need to just draft, you know, Adam Gajan and be like, ah, oh, that's it. If they want to, if they pick one and they come up to the podium again and there's another one there that was on their list, take two. Because the worst thing that can happen is you can end up like the Sabres did when they had Eric Portillo and Devin Levi. And then you have two very good prospects in your pool. Okay, we can only pick one. You don't have to, but if that's the case, you can recoup assets on that player. It's entirely possible I absolutely think the Canadians in the second round there with their first pick in the second round are taking a goalie. I would be stunned if they didn't um, because I think there will be a run on goalies. Once whoever goes first, and in my best guess, I think Trey Augustine will be the first goalie off the board, if not Michael Hrabble. It'll be one of those two. Hrabble being six foot seven and athletic is going to get a lot of people, you know, uh, torqued in the right ways in terms of goalie analysis. And Trey Augustine is just your prototypical, solid, moldable goaltender. And I think the Canadians would be greatly served to, you know, acquire either of them in this draft, just because I do really think that they need to add in that position there. I don't know much about Emma Croteau. I didn't watch a lot of the USHL, and I believe he's going to Nebraska Omaha next year. So keep an eye on that, I suppose. I'm curious to see what Dobish does, but... I think this is the draft class for the Montreal Canadiens that a goalie in. There's so many opportunities. They could take a swing early and late. I think they'd be fine to do so. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they do with that because this seems like the best goalie draft class I've seen in a little bit. I am admittedly not a goaltending expert in any way, shape, or form. So if any of our uh, Twitter goalie experts out there want to let me know how well my thinking is, please let me know. Tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Tweet me at Scott Matla. Emails can go to lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Like I said this week, we're likely going to have David St. Louis from Elite Prospects on. We're going to talk the QMJHL. We're going to talk the draft, everything else. We're going to try and find somebody else to come on talk about OHL prospects. I want to talk about Quentin Musty and Colby Barlow a little bit, even if the Canadians aren't drafting them because they are fun. We have so much more coming up for you. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts or on YouTube. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you all next time.